Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the World of Percy Jackson. In this episode, we'll read chapters 17, 17 through 18. Now, I apologize for uploading so late past what I said I will upload on, but I've been very busy, so please forgive me for that. And without further ado, let's start. And a quick recap is that we just found out that Zoe, Zoe's father, is Atlas, and Atlas is actually the general of the Titans. So now we're going to figure, we're going to find out how Percy reacts to that. Chapter 17. I put on a few million extra pounds. The horrible thing was, I could see the family resemblance. Atlas had the same regal expression as Zoe. The same cold, proud look in his eyes that Zoe sometimes got when she was mad. Though on him, it looked a thousand times more evil. He was all the things I originally disliked about Zoe, with none of the good I'd come to appreciate. Let Artemis go, Zoe demanded. Atlas walked closer to the chained goddess. Perhaps you'd like to take the sky for her then? Be my guest. Zoe opened her mouth to speak, but Artemis said, No! Do not offer Zoe, I forbid you. Atlas smirked. He knelt next to Artemis and tried to touch her face, but the goddess bit at him, almost taking off his fingers. Hoo-hoo! Atlas chuckled. You see, daughter, Lady Artemis likes her new job. I think I'll have all the Olympians take turns carrying my burden. Once Lord Kronos rules again, and this is the center of our palace, it will take, teach those weaklings some humility. I looked at Annabeth. She was desperately trying to tell me something. She motioned her head toward Luke, but all I could do was stare at her. I didn't notice before, but something about her changed. Her blonde hair was now streaked with gray. From holding the sky... Thaya muttered, as if she'd read my mind. The weight should have killed her. I don't understand, I said. Why can't Artemis just let go of the sky? Atlas laughed. How little you understand, young one. This is the point where the sky and the earth first met, where Oranos and Gaia, Gaia first brought forth their mighty children, the Titans. The sky still yearns to embrace the earth. Someone must hold it at bay or else it will crush down upon this place, instantly flattening the mountain and everything within a hundred leagues. Once you have taken the burden, there is no escape, Atlas smiled, unless someone else takes it from you. He approached us, studying Thalia and me. So these are the best heroes of the age, eh? Not much of a challenge. Fight us, I said. Let's see. Have the gods taught you nothing? An immortal does not fight a mere mortal directly. It is beneath our dignity. I'll have glue crush you instead. So you're another coward, I said. Atlas' eyes glowed with hatred. With difficulty, he turned to his attention to Thalia. As for you, daughter of Zeus, it seems Luke was wrong about you. I wasn't wrong. Luke managed. He looked terribly weak. He spoke every word as if it were painful. If I didn't hate his guts so much, I almost would have felt sorry for him. Dahlia, you can still join us. Call the Ophiotaurus. It will come to you. Look! He waved his hand, and next to us, a pool of water appeared. A pond ringed in black marble, big enough for the Ophiotaurus. I, ima- I could imagine Bessie in that pool. In fact, the more I thought about it, the more I was sure I could hear Bessie mooing. Don't think about him! Suddenly, Grover's voice was inside my mind. The empathy link. I could feel his emotions. He was on the verge of panic. I'm losing Bessie. Block the thoughts. I tried to make my mind go blank. I tried to think about basketball players, skateboards, and different kinds of candy in my mom's shop. Anything but Bessie. Daya called the Ophiotaurus, Luke persisted, and you will be more powerful than the gods. Luke. Her voice was full of pain. 
what happened to you? Don't you remember all those times we talked? All those times we cursed the gods? Our fathers have done nothing for us. They have no right to rule the world. Thalia shook her head. Free Annabeth. Let her go. If you join me, Luke promised. It can be like old times, the three of us together. Fighting for a better world. Please, Thalia, if you don't agree. His voice faltered. It's my last chance. He will use the other way if you don't agree. Please. I didn't know what he meant, but the fear in his voice sounded real enough. I believed that Luke was in danger. His life depended on Thalia joining his cause, and I was afraid Thalia might believe it too. Do not, Thalia, Zoe warned. We must fight them. Luke waved his hand again, and a fire appeared. A bronze brazier, just like the one at camp. A sacrificial flame. Thalia, I said. No. Behind Luke, the golden sarcophagus began to glow. As it did, I saw images in the mist all around us. Black marble walls rising, the ruins becoming whole. A terrible and beautiful palace rising around us made of fear and shadow. We will raise Mount Orthrius right here, Luke promised in a voice so strained it was hardly his. Once more, it will be stronger and greater than Olympus. Look, Thaya, we are not weak. He pointed toward the ocean, and my heart fell. Marching up the side of the mountain from the beach, where the Princess Andromeda was docked, was a great army. Draconi and Lastragonians, monsters and half-bloods, hellhounds, harpies, and other things I couldn't even name. The whole ship must have been empty because there were hundreds, many more than I'd seen on board last summer, and they were marching toward us. In a few minutes, they would be here. This is only a taste of what is to come, Luke said. Soon we'll be ready to storm Camp Half-Blood, and after that, Olympus itself. All we need is your help. For a terrible moment, Thalia hesitated. She gazed at Luke, her eyes full of pain, as if the only thing she wanted in the world was to believe him. Then she leveled her spear. You aren't Luke. I don't know you anymore. Yes, you do, Thalia, he pleaded. Please, don't make me... Don't make him destroy you. There was no time. If that army got to the top of the hill, we would be overwhelmed. I met Annabeth's eyes again. She nodded. I looked at Thalia and Zoe, and I decided it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to die fighting with friends like this. Now, I said. Together, we charged. Thalia went straight for Luke. The power of her shield was so great that his dragon woman bodyguards fled in a panic, dropping the golden coffin and leaving him alone. But despite his sickly appearance, Luke was still quick with his sword. He snarled like a wild animal and counterattacked. When his sword, backbiter, met Thalia's shield, a ball of light erupted between them, frying the air with yellow tendrils of power. As for me, I did the stupidest thing in my life, which is saying a lot. I attacked the Titan Lord Atlas. He laughed as I approached. A huge javelin appeared in his hands. His silk suit melted into full Greek battle armor. Go on, then! Percy, Zoe said, beware. I knew what she was warning me about. Sharon had told me long ago, immortals are constrained by ancient rules, but a hero can go anywhere, challenge anyone, as long as he has the nerve. Once I attacked, however, Atlas was free to attack back directly with all his might. I swung my sword and Atlas knocked me aside with the the shaft of his javelin. I flew through the air and slammed into the black wall. It wasn't missed anymore. The palace was rising brick by brick. It was becoming real. Fool! Atlas green screamed gleefully, swatting aside one of Zoe's arrows. Did you think simply because you could challenge the, that petty war god 
that you could stand up to me? The mention of Ares sent a jolt through me. I shook off my daze and charged again. If I could get to that pool of water, I could double my strength. The javelin's point slashed toward me like a scythe. I raised Riptide, planning to cut off his weapon at the shaft, but my arm felt like lead. My sword suddenly weighed a ton. And I remembered Ares' warning, spoken on the beach in Los Angeles so long ago. When you need it most, your sword will fail you. Not now, I pleaded, but it was no good. I tried to dodge, but the javelin caught me in the chest and sent me flying like a ragdoll. I slammed into the ground, my head spinning. I looked up and and found I was at the feet of Artemis, still straining under the weight of the sky. Run, boy, she told me. You must run. Atlas was taking his time coming toward me. My sword was gone. It had scared away over the edge of the cliff. It might reappear in my pocket, maybe in a few seconds, but it didn't matter. I'd be dead by then. Luke and Thalia were fighting like demons, lightning crackling around them. Ambit was on the ground, desperately struggling to free her hands. Die, little hero, Atlas said. He raised his javelin to impale me. No! Zoe yelled, and a volley of silver arrows sprouted from the armpit chink in Atlas's armor. Arg! He bellowed and turned toward his daughter. I reached down and felt Riptide back in my pocket. I couldn't fight Atlas, even with a sword. And then a chill went down my back. I remember the words of the prophecy. The Titan's curse must one withstand. I couldn't hope to beat Atlas, but there was someone else who might stand a chance. The sky, I told the goddess, give it to me. No, boy, Artemis said. Her forehead was beaded with metallic sweat like quicksilver. You don't know what you're asking. It will crush you. Ambit took it. She barely survived. She had the spirit of a true huntress. You will not last so long. I'll die anyway, I said. Give me the white of the sky. I didn't wait for an answer. I took out Riptide and slashed through her chains. Then I stepped next to her and braced myself on one knee, holding up my hands, and touched the cloud. Heavy clouds. For a moment, Artemis and I bore the weight together. It was the heaviest thing I'd ever felt, as if I were being crushed under a thousand trucks. I wanted to black out from the pain, but I breathed deeply. I can do this. Then Artemis slipped out from under the burden, and I held it alone. Afterward, I tried many times to explain what it felt like. I couldn't. Every muscle in my body turned to fire, and my bones felt like they were melting. I wanted to scream, but I didn't have the strength to open my mouth. I began to sink lower and lower to the ground, the sky's weight crushing me. Fight back, Grover's voice said inside my head. Don't give up. I concentrate on breathing. If I could just keep the sky aloft for a few more seconds. I thought about Bianca, who had given her life so we could get here. If she could do that, I could hold the sky. My vision turned fuzzy. Everything was tinged with red. I caught glimpses of the battle, but I wasn't sure if I was seeing clearly. There was Atlas in full battle armor, jabbing with his javelin, laughing insanely as he fought. And Artemis, a blur of silver, a blur of silver. She had t- two wicked hunting knives, each as long as her arm, and she slashed wildly at the Titan, dodging and leaping with unbelievable grace. She seemed to change form as she maneuvered. She was a tiger, a gazelle, a bear, a falcon. Or perhaps that just that was just my favorite fever brain. <clears throat> Zoe shot arrows at her father, aiming for the chinks in his armor. He roared in pain each time one found its mark, but they affected him like bee stings. He just got madder and kept fighting. Thalia and Luke went spear and sword, lightning still flashing around them. Thalia pressed Luke back with the aura of her shield, even he was not immune to it. He retreated, wincing and growling in frustration. Yield! 
Golly, you could never, you never could beat me, Luke. He bared his teeth. We'll see, my old friend. Sweat poured down my face. My hands were slippery. slippery. My shoulders would have screamed with agony if they could. I felt like the vertebrae in my spine were being welded together by a blowtorch. Atlas advanced, pressing Artemis. She was fast, but his strength was unstoppable. His javelin slammed into the earth where Artemis had been a split second before, and a fissure opened in the rocks. He leaped over and kept pursuing her. She was leading him back toward me. Get ready, she spoke in my mind. I was losing the ability to think uh, through the pain. My response something was something like, <clears throat> You fight well for a girl, Atlas laughed. <laughs> but you are no match for me. He fainted with the tip of his javelin, and Artemis dodged. I saw the trick coming. At, at last, Atlas's javelin swept around and knocked Artemis's legs off the ground. She fell, and our Atlas brought up his javelin tip for the kill. No! Zoe screamed. She leaped between fa her father and Artemis and shot an arrow straight into the titan's forehead, where it lodged like a unicorn horn. Atlas bellowed in rage. He swept aside his daughter with the back of his hand, sending her flying into the black rocks. I wanted to shout her name, run to her aid, but I couldn't speak or move. I couldn't even see where Zoe had landed. Then Atlas turned on Artemis with a look of triumph in his face. Artemis, Artemis seemed to be wounded. She didn't get up. The first blood in a new war, Atlas gloated, and he stabbed downward. As fast as thought, Artemis grabbed his javelin shaft. It hit the earth right next to her and she pulled backward, using the javelin like a lever, kicking the Titan Lord and sending him flying over her. I saw him coming down on top of me and I realized what would happen. I loosened my grip on the sky and as the Atlas slammed into me, I didn't try to hold on. I let myself be pushed out of the way and rolled for all I was worth. The weight of the sky dropped onto Atlas's back, almost smashing him flat until he managed to get to his knees, struggling to get out from un under the crushing weight of the sky. But it was too late. No! He bellowed so hard it shook the mountain. Not again! Atlas was trapped under his old burden. I tried to stand and fell, I fell back again, dazed from pain. My body felt like it was burning up. Thalia back looped to the edge of a cliff, but still they fought on. Next to the golden coffin, Thalia had tears in her eyes. Luke had a bloody slash across his chest and his pale face glistened with sweat. He lunged at Thalia and she slammed him with, a sh with her shield. Luke's sword spun out of his hands and clattered to the rocks. Thalia put her spear point to his throat. For a moment, there was silence. Well? Luke asked. He tried to hide it, but I could hear fear in his voice. Thalia trembled with fury. Behind her, Annabeth came scrambling, finally free from her bonds. Her face was bruised and streaked with dirt. Don't kill him! He's a traitor, Thalia said. A traitor! In my days, I realized that Artemis was no longer with me. She had run off toward the black rocks where Zoe had, Zoe had fallen. We'll bring Luke back, Annabeth pleaded. To Olympus. He... He'll be useful. Is that what you want, Thalia? Luke sneered. To go back to Olympus in triumph? To please your dad? Thalia hesitated and Luke made a desperate grab for a spear. No! But it was too late. Without thinking, Thalia kicked Luke away. He lost his balance, terror on his face, and then he fell. Luke! Annabeth screamed. We rushed to the cliff's edge. Below us, the army from the Princess Andromeda had stopped in amazement. <clears throat> they were staring at Luke's broken form on the rocks. Despite how much I hated him, I couldn't stand to see it. I wanted to believe he was still alive, but that was impossible. The fall was 50 feet at least, and he wasn't moving. One of the giants looked up and growled. 
Kill them! Thalia was stiff with grief, tears streaming down her cheeks. I pulled her back as a wave of javelins sailed over our heads. We ran for the rocks, ignoring the curses and threats of Atlas as we passed. Artemis! I yelled. The goddess looked up, her face almost as grief-stricken as Thalia's. Zoe lay in the goddess's arms. She was breathing. Her eyes were open, but still. The wound is poisoned, Artemis said. Atlas poisoned her? I asked. No, the goddess said. Not Atlas. She showed us the wound in Zoe's side. I'd almost forgotten her scrape with Lad and the dragon. The bite was much worse than Zoe had let on. I could barely look at the wound. She had charged into battle against her father with a horrible cut already sapping into her, her strength. The stars, Zoe murmured. I cannot see them. Nectar and ambrosia, I said. Come on, we have to get her some. No one moved. Grief hung in the air. The army of Kronos was just below the rise. Even Artemis was too shocked to stir. We might have met our doom right there, but then I heard a strange buzzing noise. Just as the army of monsters came over the hill, a sop-whipped camel swooped down of the sky. Get away from my daughter! Dr. Chase called down, and his machine guns burst to life, peppering the ground with bullet holes and startling the whole group of monsters into scattering. Dad? yelled Annabeth in disbelief. Run! he called back, his voice growing fainter as the biplane swooped by. This shook Artemis out of her grief. She stared up at the antique plane, which was now banking around for another strafe. A brave man, Artemis said with grudging approval. Come, we must get Zoe away from here. She raised her hunting horn to her lips, and its clear sound echoed down the valleys of Marin. Zoe's eyes were fluttering. Hang in there, I told her. It'll be all right. The softwood camel swooped down again. A few giants threw javelins, and one flew straight between the wings of the plane. But the machine guns blazed. I realized with amazement that somehow Dr. Chase must have gotten hold of celestial bronze to fashion his bullets. The first row of snake women wailed as the machine guns volley blew them into sulfur's yellow powder. That's... My dad, Abbott said in amazement. We didn't have time to admire his flying. The giants and snake woman were already recovering from their surprise. Dr. Chase just would be in trouble soon. Just then the moonlight brightened and a silver, silver chariot appeared from the sky, drawn by the muse, most beautiful deer I had ever seen. It landed right next to us. Get in, Artemis said. Abbott helped me get Dahlia on board. Then I helped Artemis with Zoe. We wrapped Zoe in a blanket as Artemis pulled the reins, and the chariot sped away from the mountain straight into the air. Like Santa Claus's sleigh, I murmured, still dazed with plant pain. Artemis took time to look back at me. Indeed, young half-blood. And where do you think that legend came from? Seeing us safely away, Dr. Chase turned his biplane and followed us like an honor guard. It must have been one of the strangest sights ever, even for the Bay Area. A silver flying chariot pulled by deer, escorted by a sop with camel. Behind us, the army of Kronos roared in anger as they gathered on the summit of Mount Tamalpes. But the loudest sound was the voice of Atlas, bellowing curses against the gods as he struggled under the weight of the sky. And that is the end of chapter 17. But just wait, after this break, I will read chapter 18. A friend says goodbye. And we are back. We now read chapter 18, A Friend Says Goodbye. We landed at Chrissy Field after nightfall. As soon as Dr. Chase stepped out of his sop with camel, Annabeth ran to him and gave him a huge hug. Dad, you flew, you shot. Oh my God, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. 
Her father blushed. Well, not bad for a middle-aged mortal, I suppose. But the celestial bronze bullets, how did you get those? Ah, well, you did leave quite a few blood weapons in your room in Virginia the last time you left. Ambit looked down, embarrassed. I noticed Dr. Chase was very careful not to say, ran away. I decided to try melting some down to make bullion bullet casings. He continued, just a little experiment. He said it like it was no big deal, but he had a gleam in his eyes. I could understand why all of, why, all of a sudden why Athena, goddess of crafts and wisdoms, had taken a liking to him. He was an, ex- he was an excellent mad scientist at heart. Dad, Annabeth faltered. Annabeth, Percy, Thaya interrupted. Her voice was urgent. She and Artemis were kneeling at Zoe's side, biting the huntress's wounds. Annabeth and I ran over to help, but there, was mu- there wasn't much we could do. We had no ambrosia or nectar. No regular medicine would help. It was dark, but I could see that Zoe didn't look good. She was shivering, and the faint glow that usually hung around her was fading. Can't you heal her with magic? I asked Artemis. I mean, you're a goddess. Artemis looked troubled. Life is a fragile thing, Percy. If the fates will the string, if the fates will the string to be cut, there's little I can do, but I can try. She tried to set her hand on Zoe's side, but Zoe gripped her wrist. She looked into the god. She looked into the goddess's eyes, and some kind of understanding passed between them. Have I served thee well? Zoe whispered. With great honor, Artemis said softly. The finest of my attendants. Zoe's face relaxed. Rest at last. I can try to heal the poison, my brave one. But in that moment, I knew it wasn't just the poison that was killing her. It was her father's final blow. Zoe had known all along that the oracle's prophecy was about her. She would die by a parent's hand, and yet she'd taken the quest anyway. She had chosen to save me, and Atlas's fury had broken her inside. She saw Thalia and took her hand. I'm sorry we argued, Zoe said. We could have been sisters. It's my fault, Thalia said, blinking hard. You were right about Luke, about heroes, men, everything. Perhaps not all men, Zoe murmured. She smiled weakly at me. Do you still have the sword, Percy? I couldn't speak. But I brought out Riptide and put the pen in her hand. She grasped it contently. You spoke the truth, Percy Jackson. You are nothing like like Hercules. I am honored that you carry the sword. A shudder ran through her body. Zoe, I said. Stars, she whispered. I can see the stars again, my lady. A tear trickled down Artemis's cheek. Yes, my brave one. They are beautiful tonight. Stars. Zoe repeated, her eyes fixed on the night sky, and she did not move again. Thalia lowered her head, Annabeth gulped down a sob, and her father put his hands on her shoulders. I watched as Artemis cupped her hand above Zoe's mouth and spoke a few words in ancient Greek. A, si- a silvery wisp of smoke exhaled from Zoe's lips and was caught in the hand of the goddess. Zoe's body shimmered and disappeared. Artemis stood, said a kind of blessing, breathed into her cupped hand and released the silver dust to the sky. It flew up, sparkling, and vanished. For a moment, I didn't see anything different. Then Annabeth gasped. Looking up in the sky, I saw that the stars were brighter now. They made a pattern I had, n- I had never noticed before. A gleaming constellation that looked like a, girl, a lot like a girl's figure. A girl with a bow running across the sky. Let the world honor you, my huntress, Artemis said. Live forever in the stars. It wasn't easy saying her goodbyes. 
The thunder and lightning were still boiling over Mount Tamalpais in the north. Artemis was so upset she flickered with silver light. This made me nervous because if she suddenly lost control and appeared in her fully divine form, we would disintegrate by looking at her. I must go to Olympus immediately, Artemis said. I will not be able to take you, but I will send help. The goddess set her hand on Annabeth's shoulder. You are brave beyond measure, my girl. You will do what is right. Then she looked quizzically at Thalia, as if she weren't sure what to make of this youngest daughter of Zeus. Thalia seemed reluctant to look up, but something made her, and she held the goddess's eyes. I wasn't sure what passed between them, but Artemis's gaze softened with sympathy. Then she turned to me. You did well, she said, for a man. I wanted to protest, but then I realized it wasn't the first time she hadn't called me a boy. She mounted her chariot, which began to glow. We averted our eyes. There was a flash of silver and the goddess was gone. Well, Dr. Chase sighed. She was impressive. I must say I still prefer Athena. Amber turned toward him. Dad, I'm sorry that... Shh, he hugged her. Do what you must, my dear. I know this isn't easy for you. His voice was a little shaky, but he gave Annabeth a brave smile. Then I heard the whoosh of large wings. Three pegasi descended through the fog. Two white-winged horses and one pure black one. Black Jack, I called. Yo, boss, he called. You managed to stay alive okay without me? It was rough, I admitted. I brought Guido and Pork Pie with me. How you doing? The other two pegasi spoke in my mind. Blackjack looked with me over with concern, then checked out Dr. Chase, Thalia, and Annabeth. Any of these goons you want us to stampede? Nah, I said aloud. These are my friends. We need to get to Olympus pretty fast. No problem, Blackjack said, except for the mortal over there. Hope he's not going. I assured him Dr. Chase was not. The professor was staring open-mouthed at the pegasi. Fascinating, he said. Such maneuvering ability. How does the wingspan compensate for the weight of the horse's body? I wonder. Blackjack cocked his head. Why? Why, if the British had had these pegasi and the cavalry charges on the Crimea, Dr. Chase said, the charge of the light brigade, dead. Annabeth interrupted. Dr. Chase blinked. He looked at his daughter and managed to smile. I'm sorry, my dear. I know you must go. He gave her one last awkward, well-meaning hug. As she turned to climb aboard the Pegasus Guido, Dr. Chase called. Annabeth, I know, I know San Francisco is a dangerous place for you, but please remember you always have a home with us. We will keep you safe. Annabeth didn't answer, but her eyes were red as she turned away. Dr. Chase started to say more, but then apparently thought better of it. He raised his hand in a sad farewell and trudged away across the dark field. Thalia and Annabeth and I mounted our Pegasi. Together, we soared over the bay and flew toward the eastern hills. Soon, San Francisco was only a glittering crescent behind us, with an occasional flicker of lightning in the north. Thalia was so exhausted, she fell asleep on the pork pie's back. I knew she had, be, she had to be really tired to sleep in the air, despite her fear of heights, but she didn't have much to worry about. Her pegasi flew with ease, adjusting himself every once in a while, so Thalia stayed safely on his back. Annabeth and I flew along side by side. Your dad seems cool. I told her. It was too dark to see her expression. She looked back, even though California was far behind us now. I guess so, she said. We've been arguing for so many years. Yeah, you said. Do you think I was lying about that? It sounded like a challenge, but a pretty, pretty half-hearted one, like she was asking it of herself. I didn't say you were lying. It's just, 
he seems okay. Your stepmom, too. Maybe they've gotten cooler since you saw them last. She hesitated. They're still in San Francisco, Percy. I can't live so far from camp. I didn't want to ask, ask my next question. I was scared to know the answer. But I asked it anyway. So what are you going to do now? We flew over town, an island of lights in the middle of the dark. It whisked by so fast we might have been in an airplane. I don't know, she admitted. But thank you for rescuing me. Hey, no big deal. We're friends. You didn't believe I was dead? Never. She hesitated. Neither is Luke, you know. I mean, he isn't dead. I stared at her. I didn't know if she was cracking under the stress or what. Annabeth, that fall was pretty bad. There's no way. He isn't dead, she insisted. I know it, the same way you knew about me. That comparison didn't make me too happy. The towns were zipping by faster now, the islands of light thicker together until the whole landscape below was a glittering carpet. Dawn was close. The eastern sky was turning gray, and up ahead, a huge white and yellow glow spread about out before us. The lights and yoke. How's that for speedy boss? Blackjack bragged. We got extra hay for breakfast or what? You're the man, Blackjack, I told him. Er, the horse, I mean. You don't believe me about Luke, Ambit said. But we'll see him again. He's in trouble, Percy. He's under Kronos' spell. I didn't feel like arguing, though it made me mad. How could she still have any feelings for that creep? How could she possibly make excuses for him? He deserved that fall. He deserved... Okay, I'll say it. He deserved to die. Unlike Bianca, unlike Zoe, Luke couldn't be alive. It wouldn't be fair. There it is, Thalia's voice. She'd woken up. She was pointing toward Manhattan, which was quickly zooming into view. It started. What started? I asked. Then I looked at where she was pointing. High above the Empire State Building, Olympus was its own island of light, a floating mountain ablaze with torches and braziers, white marble palaces gleaming in the early morning air. The winter solstice, Thai said, the Council of the Gods. And that is the end of chapter 18. But well, until but then next week, we will start reading chapters 19 through 20. And that was a really interesting chapter, how, you know, they actually were having, they actually came back in time to have a council of gods. And I'm glad that they were able to save Artemis in time for the council of the gods, or else who knows what, what might have happened. But until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.